hello there this is sad and you are listening to this podcast this is me your friend Sigil Sadaman and today we are going to be discussing Frozen 2 Frozen 2 is a film that will earns a lot for Disney but apart from the money factor of it is there is something else to it is it actually a good film well I'll answer these queries today so make sure you follow it or if you're watching this as a video subscribe to it and also if you are watching this as a video and I'll be animating this whole video later that being said let's get on with the video and let's discuss this film <sighs> let's go into the unknown as I discuss Frozen 2 and this was one of the few films I actually watched in a theater yes that theater thing in the trailer was a blatantly semi lie okay so if you guys are interested in this kind of content once again I ask you and I don't want to be annoying so I want ask again frozen 2 so I watched frozen 2 and You'd say, why didn't I watch the original Frozen? So, I didn't remember how old I was. I think I was in first grade, I think, or second grade. I don't actually really remember. I think I was in elementary school. That's all I remember. And I didn't know a lot. And, like, the town I lived, uh, they didn't have the theaters, which actually showed animated movies. I was just depressed. No, I wasn't because I didn't know about this film because there was no press coverage coming at me. In 2019 though, I lived in a lot larger city and we do have a theater that shows Disney movies. And then I went and yeah, it was a great experience. So I'm going to be telling you what I felt about Frozen 2. The film Frozen 2 was a film that was released at the very iceberg of 2019 or the last time things were actually good. I think that meme is now outdated, but like, who doesn't like good boomer move here and there? Okay, so this is a little bit about the topic and about the things you are going to hear. Today we are going to be covering the animation, the writing and overall filmic, filmography and the themes and all the miscellaneous stuff. So that's it. And I'm gonna get started with recording the rest of the episode. Okay, um I'll get started. Okay, so let's get started with the animations. So I have to admit, I have to admit that the animation is amazing. The visuals come out as gorgeous. They are lovely. What I didn't like about the visuals were how realistic they were. 
I mean, this is the reason why many people still prefer the old school way of animation because for new origin, it just seems you just dishevel the phrase proportions and put it in live actions. It seems more like a an animated insert inserting animated characters, which which does not seem good. I mean, come on. You can do whatever, but I think that I like this. I like the visuals and the textural qualities and the way that everything was colorized. Everything was good and the coloring. Yes, I want to talk this about a lot, but um, <clears throat> what I want to say is that there are a bunch of good places where there is a lot of amazing mixtures of the red tones and blue tones and boy do i love red and blue tones like i love wallet bar from incredibles i just wanted to flex my pixar love so i just plugged that in because red plus blue is equals to purple. Purple is nearly violet, and violet is the, the incredible. How's this? Um, I think I'm not good at plugging in references because, pardon me, I'm not that big of a an expert of pop culture. But without wasting time, but anyways. Okay, so um, what we were talking about is the fact that I am an idiot. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. Just, just kidding. Actually, we are talking about the animations, the visuals of this film. Okay, so I think the movements were handled really well, and especially they just grew with the water. Like, it seems like they're making leaps in animating water, First, they had the gorgeous-looking 2016 uh, Moana animations of water, and now the 2019, the water horse and stuff. Like, I really appreciate the way Disney's doing this. It is just insanely good, and I think it's one of the reasons I really like the visuals because. I think something is great, something has improved. Because if you didn't see the first Frozen, I was a time that it was just one year since uh, finally Disney had said, no, we're not making hand-drawn films anymore. And I think it was one of their first proper 3D animated films that did not suck. I mean, there was Meet the Robinsons, they made that, but I think the first good quality 3D animation was Frozen. The quality was good, and so we expected more when we heard Frozen 2. And Disney did not disappoint. I repeat, the animation, the textures, they are gorgeous. Now you might say that I am just way too obsessed with the visuals and I won't point out the issues. Well, in that case, you're going to hear a big, big yeet to the story from me. So yeah, I, it's just that I like this visual aesthetic it provides. Like sometimes I, it's 
jarring to my eyes sometimes I very much want to go to a place and just see Tootie but this time I think it was it was good enough to keep me gasping and staring and gazing in the aisle for like the two hours like also the thing was that I watched it in some kind of I know no the IMAX or Dolby theater which might have affected what I say because definitely the experience was designed to be the code more uncoded more immersive one rather than what you'd get in a regular theater yeah you see the improvement I used to live in a town where nobody even knew of Disney and now I live in a city where there are super duper high quality 8k ultra HD Marcus Brownie quality stuff oh yeah so that's just something but well back to the animation what about the animation you say well the animation just feels good it does not feel half-heartedly and it does not seem something um, like very slow it, it I think uh, there are the small mistakes that the animation department made I think I can compare this to something that failed economically how am I ever even comparing the most grossing animated film of all time to the most floppest Pixar film it still managed a couple of hundred million dollars anyway and it's not that bad either what I say is that they created a film they created a bunch of showreels and then they thought okay so we've got this dinosaur created a dinosaur animation we created this early human animation now we need some kind of story to just accompany it uh, I think same goes with Frozen because from what I've heard the story creation it was a little bit rushed I think there was deadline troubles and stuff so um I think that 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 was what happened I suggest that was what happened they'd animated they knew they had the characters and this I think they took a lot of care they spent a lot of time animating Elsa and Anna they just improved them and they just had also their uh, styles their wardrobes they seem very changed these characters now seem a little more fine-tuned a little more mature just looking at their wardrobe just looking at them like see the change from Anna Anna last time you saw her as like some Hannah Montana fan this time you see her as a princess you see her as a wannabe queen no not pop queen I mean like a wannabe I don't have the word yes a hero someone with a lot more maturity and elegance like I think that the improvement has been massive the character alone from the wardrobe I judge has become a more cheerful royal yes but just some random teen running around ooh, in that boys no that's not Anna anymore it's not Anna same for Elsa 
Well, Elsa last time used to be that girl who's just like confined to herself, like three benches apart, no one sits for her, and she's like, hey, you, no, go away. And she's like, and she's very powerful. She's brainy, she knows how to play sports, and she looks cute too, but she'll not let you, like, she's a little, very loathly protected and, and timid figure, which, okay, it's good, but I think that changed because in the new one, I think just from the clothing alone, her she seems a little more comfortable, she seems a little more active, I think, yes, she seems a little more active, she seems a little more risk-taking, I think, yes, the maturity is not gone, you didn't make her an edgy teen with the flap of a snap, but... We at least tried transformed her into something a lot more organic from herself a lot more real i think and that is something i truly commend like the wardrobe is a big improvement i think that was one of the things the story was written around their wardrobes i think the characters of those princesses in this year's uh, sorry last year's frozen I think they were based on the character designs alone, or somewhat. These seem very refined. Okay, so also other characters, Kristoff, Quinn, and there uh, were some moments they little bit shelved into some others, uh, some other kind of animation, which I genuinely appreciate, and I think that is one of the things I like. So the animation, um, what score I give it. Okay, so she just loved that oh, kind of Anna. But yeah, so because the story was written half-heartedly around this animation, I just deserved a small gaming point from it. And the points for the animation are 9 out of 10. Uh, the writing now um the writing was not bad Honestly, the writing was not shabby but i think that it seemed half-hearted it seemed a little less organic than what frozen seemed like well, the structure for starters was very unconventional, which was something I really liked. And I think that the writing, the characters were put more effort than the last time. But I think the story was where they just did not do that well. I am not saying the story was mediocre, it just did not seem the level of, of which the animation was, the level of which the characters was. A little while ago, in the visual section, I talked a little about how the wardrobe changed. And yes, the characters have had massive character growth. I think that's some of the, one of the things I very much enjoy about this film, that there is so much character growth now. But there are some downsides to this massive character growth. Well, it seems a little fast, and this fast character growth isn't aided by a story that could 
be as fast paced i think the story was very slow compared to the first one uh i mean yes there was action but i think the action and the way and the way everything was arranged out i think that was done better in the first movie and that was one of the things the pacing up the pacing ones are really weird i mean the characters and everything seemed so fast paced but the story moved a little slowly i don't think it was dragged like um extended beyond which it did not need it but i think that it could have been handled better it could have been paced better i think the writing uh, the writing isn't bad it seemed that it was just put together out of frustration and then somebody forgot to fine tune this rough story because sometimes it lives up the ages some of my complaints for the story would be that there was very this part of Kristoff. So in the start of the film, we see that Kristoff is trying to propose to Anna. But but later, we see Kristoff doing absolutely nothing. He's not even vital to the structure of the story that, after that. Which is not good, honestly, because a story should have an equal participation of a character whose motives we clearly defined that he wanted to marry Anna but then we don't see him and it seemed like Sven was like the most like last time he was a very good plot device this time we rarely see him he's just some bison mixing in with other bisons of Ada Holland that is something a uh, little weird according to me it's just weird but there's just a little bit of the issues um also i'd say that olaf olaf uh, this is not an issue actually this is actually better i think that olaf giving him the power to giving him a slight level of majority yeah chill he's not some kind of elsa girl but no he has a little bit of development now uh, instead of someone who's so naive that he even though he's a snowman, he wants to play in fire. He, now, moderately pre-school-ish. I think the mental age, if you could put it, is around five, around seven. I think that's, like, around the, my age, I think, when the Frozen first premiere. I think that is its mental age for some reason. That's weird. I think uh, we put the marker at zero when this started. And I think that character growth has been phenomenal. I love that now he is just being a nerd, not just naive person, but he now says facts. He now grows relationships with animals, people. So I think that's what I love, that Olaf has got his fair share of attention. But Olaf gets too many shards for some reason. He's getting a bunch of shards, like just a uh, year has passed and now we get another Olaf's frozen adventure or something. I mean, yes, he's a great character and he's something you can make several shots with because of how versatile he could be, how he could be placed anywhere and he could serve as the perfect comic relief. Well, I think that they just lost where Olaf was going. I mean, in their shorts, I think he's just depicted as someone a little less you know sometimes it's just less comic 
Also, that song is amazing. It's that time of year. It's that time of the year. Also, for those of you who are living in the U.S. or wherever, I think it's Thanksgiving or Sad. I just I want to remember, but I never remember anything. I think it's like Black Friday or um. I think it's Thanksgiving. So happy that. Or so what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for animation. I say I'm thankful for Walt Disney to actually exist and make this stuff. Now back to the topic. Why did I just do a Thanksgiving special in the middle of this all? I don't know. But now holiday season has begun and winter has begun in where I live. So I thought it would be a great idea to cover this. Anyways, back to the topic. I was talking about how they got Olaf so much character growth. I think character growth was one of the main highlights of the writing for me. I think the structure was a little unconventional, but the story, again, is more Elsa obsessed. It's more obsessed about what Elsa does. Anna barely even gets screen time when she's due. She needs screen time. She's not get this her screen time is not properly utilized. I think last time it was more about one girl, she's not magical, her sister is magical, her sister can harm people, her sister goes away, runs away. Uh, these are spoilers by the way. And then she's like, um mm, and she's very angry, but she's like, no, my this that time that's my sister, not a witch. And she goes there and she tries to save. That's sweet. But this time it's all about this magical creature riding on her water unicorn and, and doing something, doing something, discovering she's... And yeah, this time the lore has been just created a lot. I think that the colonialism lore, which could have been expanded upon, right? Pixar can do dark themes, why not Disney? I think they could have done with that colonialism undertones, but okay, I'll give them that. But what I was talking about is that um, I think there were many tones that were explored. I think it was more of an information overload at the end, at the place where, like, after she hears the, she goes and then she discovers about all those four spirits and what is Ada Holland and the medical jungle. I think that's very too much. I think. There was uh, many places where it felt like a literal uh, infodump. So I think that could have been solved with a little more clever writing. I think that's one thing it missed. I like Disney films because their writing is not only good or feel good. I think it's more of a clever style of writing. They know how to just touch those emotional beats. I think... Something was wrong with the cleverity, the dexterity of the writing. It just seemed low. Uh, it wasn't juvenile. Again, the writing didn't seem juvenile. It seemed just amateur, not juvenile. Not something that was meant for someone like under the age of three. But of course, it did not seem like someone wrote this who had experience, who actually knew the craft. It seemed like someone's fifth or sixth script. And that, that got accepted the second draft. Yeah, so that's some of my critiques for the writing. I think the writing oral, it was okay. It was over average, but not the best. I think it was so good potential in the story. 
there were so many things they could have done in the lore. Like, um, there is this theory by MatPat, uh, I think from Game Theory, who also has film theory where I found this lore. And he tells us how Hans is not the villain, while the trolls are, which I actually enjoy. And I trust. So if that was true, and yeah, uh, writers when interviewed, um, I think in 2017, 2018, they said that in Frozen 2, they were giving a Hans a redemption arc. What, where did they go? We pretend in this movie that Hans never existed. Hans was not a person. <coughs> uh, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Um, oh, chili. Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, okay. So, what I was telling him about is like, they could have done so much with that character, but then they ignored that. And it's focused on how to wrap the story all around Elsa. Elsa, the character. Elsa is doing this and that. So, uh, for the story, I think I will give this film a 6 out of 10. Okay. Okay, so you've heard my thoughts. Let's do the compilation of the points. But before that, let me sing a parody song. Also, this song will, I'll try to make this available. I'll try to re-sing this, but I, I'll forget what it is about soon. Uh, but I'll try to sing this as a trailer. Okay, this is a parody song of Into the Unknown. Okay, one, a true, three, and start. <sighs> There's a thousand reasons I couldn't learn to record that this stupid podcast, but I did. There's a thousand reasons to why I will be a failure with this podcast, but who cares? Because now my heart says, my heart is an idiot, by the way. My heart says that I gotta go into the very known, into the very, into the very, into the very known. Thank you. So it's time to conclude my review in the next 30 seconds. I give this film a 15 out of 20, or that is 7.5 out of 10. Or, if you want my review, it's a 3.8 stars out of 5 stars. That's not a bad score either. Here's my code about this film. This film is good at its visuals, but it has half-hearted writing. Thank you. Make sure to follow. Okay, this is a small epilogue attachment on top of my episode. Thank you for all of you who are listening to this episode uh thank you to anchor for being the kind host for this podcast also to spotify the parent of anchor and we are proud to say that we are on spotify thank you to thank you to them for letting you listen you can go to anchor.fm slash what hyphen last hyphen show 
if you want to know where you can listen or you simply want to listen to it on Anchor. That's where you can get my podcast. Again, anchor.fm slash Walt hyphen Lassiter hyphen show. Okay, thanks. This was recorded, by the way, on my Realme 2 Pro with a uh, an earphone. I don't know which company. No, it's third party. Sorry. And yeah, and then this is this is all edited here. Uh, the music is provided free of cost by Anchor. Thank you, and I'll meet you in the next 